Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. Hello again, hushlings. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And as always, we're joined by our confidant, Slick Frank Sanders. Slick Frank Sanders here. What's up, guys? Hanging out. Happy New Year. That's right. 2021. Welcome to 2021. Out with the old and in with the new. As I like to call it, 2020 Part 2. So what's your New Year's resolutions, guys? I'm going to stop vaping. That's a good one. Yeah? Yeah, that's the plan. That is a good one. Yeah, stop vaping. That's not good. No. Um, I don't, you know, I don't really have a resolution. I'm bad at them too, but I want to say I'll probably get more active. I've been a video game couch turd for quite some months. Yeah, that's been me all year. <laughs> I think that's been everybody this year just because of how terrible of a year it was. So most people are just like hunkering down and gaining weight. <laughs> it's really awesome. Yay. I don't feel so bad. <laughs> Two weeks ago, if you joined us, we were zipping around the Nevada desert and we were raiding Area 51 and S4. We talked a lot about what could be going on there. Reverse engineering alien spacecraft was dominant. I really enjoyed getting into Fravor's story and Bob Lazar's story. Oh, was that the, that was the pilot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Fravor. Fravor was the pilot that recorded the video that got released earlier this year. Off the USS Nimitz. That's the biggest news ever, in my opinion. Hey, news keeps coming out and they keep disclosing stuff. And I have a strong feeling that there is just a laundry list of things that they've been keeping from us. And they're just deciding, hey, we dropped the big bomb. Nobody really gave a shit telling them that we had off-world vehicles. And now they're just letting everything loose, knowing that especially the U.S. and the citizens of the United States don't really give a shit about aliens. Which is sad. Can you imagine how vindicated Bob Lazar must feel after that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. On this week's debriefing, we are going to get into Bohemian Grove, a private campground in California, home to a gentleman's club known as the Bohemian Club. Mm. Very elitist. Yes. I've heard a few stories about Bohemian Grove, and things like this are always kind of downplayed when they give you a story about Bohemian Grove. Oh, you know, they're just getting together and having a meeting, but... (laughs) Yeah, I had heard about it prior to us actually looking into it, this debriefing, and I kind of overlooked it, and when getting into it, it's, it's pretty intense. But before we throw on our ritual robes and bow down to an owl... We just want to remind you to reach out to us and find us on all social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also have a YouTube where you can find all the audio for every debriefing that we do. Find us on Instagram where you can reach out to us and check out the merch line that will soon be arriving, hopefully, one day when it gets printed. It's 2021. It's happening. You can also email us any research that you may have, any topics that you want us to cover, anything that you think may be pertinent to the show, or maybe you just want to say hello. You can email us at hushhushsociety at planetmail.com. 
Let's get into this. Bohemian Grove is a restricted 2,700-acre campground in Monte Rio, California, belonging to a private gentleman's club known as the Bohemian Club. In mid-July every year, Bohemian Grove hosts a more than two-week encampment of some of the most prominent men in the world. The main encampment area consists of 160 acres of redwood trees, as well as many spaces for recreation and entertainment. These include a main stage for plays, main stage, that's nice, a bowl-shaped amphitheater, a large campfire circle, a clubhouse for drinking and dining, now that sounds fun, and lastly, an artificial lake as an interior of the grove. Wow. Yeah, and that lake is often used for concerts, so, uh, quote, lakeside talks, which mostly consists of informal debriefings on public policy issues, and let's not forget, the cremation of care. The man-made lake is also home to the group's mascot, a 40-foot-tall concrete owl. I was not joking about that. That is a real thing. Guys, they also do informal debriefings. Fuck. It's kind of like what we do. Is it, Does that make them... See, they're they're kind of a secret society too. So they're <laughs> that that's our competition. Damn, <laughs> that's some rigorous competition, dude. We got to get us some land. <laughs> <laughs> I want a seventy foot tall drone bird statue. Hell yeah, done. The robot eyes. We'll put him on every site where there was an obelisk in the last couple months. Nice, yeah. huge. <laughs> you say seventy foot. That's what we should do. We should just do some outrageous fucking promotional type thing. Yo. Hush, hush, 2021. Let's find somebody who sculpts. <laughs> <laughs> the tradition of a summer gathering was established six years after the Bohemian Club was established in 1872. Oh, we got some oldies in here. Goes way back. Henry Edwards, a stage actor and founding member, announced that he was relocating to New York to further his career. On June 29, 1878, about 100 Bohemians gathered in the Redwoods for an evening send-off party in Edwards' honor. The gathering was repeated the following year without Edwards, and became the club's yearly encampment. From 1893, Bohemians rented the location, and in 1899 they purchased the land from Melvin Meeker, who had a logging operation in the area. Gradually, over the next few decades, members of the club purchased land surrounding the original location, growing it to the massive plot of land that it is today. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty massive plot of land. 2,700 acres Hell yeah. in the I, Redwoods. I can't even imagine that, honestly. Like, I, I can't put that number to, like, a picture in my head, honestly. It's pretty big. I'm wondering what they use all that space for. They talk about how they have encampment and fire and their large owl statue. It's a lot but of woods. What are they using that acreage for that's that is a ton of woods hell yeah that's huge yeah it's huge so let's talk a little bit how you can get involved in this you have to be awesome and you have to be a male because the club all male membership includes artists and musicians as well as government officials former u.s presidents really really high senior media executives bill gates regular full-time members are usually very wealthy clearly from what we just stated or influential men who pay full membership fees and dues some way up to 15 years for an opening due to the clubs limiting itself to only 2700 that's interesting only 2700 i feel like that's a relatively small number for the plot of land that they're working with they've got all these different sites well are they all there at the same time during the summer encampment yeah i believe most of them plus guests 
take a moment to look at the number of the membership. Also correlates with the number of acreage. Mm, so an acre per person. That may just be coincidental, obviously. It could be. It's almost as coincidental as Area 15 on the grid being Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> to become a member of the Bohemian Club, you must be invited by more than one existing member. So you gotta have friends. Once you have received your invitation, you have to pay a whopping $25,000 initiation fee. Then you have an annual membership fee of $5,000. No problem. Easy peasy. Yeah, pocket change. Yeah. Can I only pay for a couple months? Not an even Three weeks yeah. trial. Can I pay for like an hour? That's about where I'm at right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know what you guys are doing in there. Due to the nature of the club, only active members and their guests can visit. Super closed off part of the woods. It's probably gorgeous. Have you seen some pictures of it? Looking it up? Awesome scenery. Politicians and notable figures from other countries are frequently invited by members to attend during the midsummer gathering. So I guess friends and friends. Friends of friends. Yeah, there's some weird parameters to this. This is like reading a street sign in L.A. That's probably so that they can extend their network or maybe even get future members, obviously. Yeah. Or it's an invitation to those powerful people that can get them what they want. Just a weird-ass way to network. Bet you there's a lot of Japanese businessmen there. <laughs> you really think so? <laughs> Members of the Grove can schedule private events at any time as long as it's not being used for club-wide purposes. At these events, members are allowed to bring spouses, family, and friends, although any females or minors must be off the property by 10 p.m. Sounds like the YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> After 40 years of membership, these men earn quote-unquote old guard status, which gives them reserved seating at the Grove's daily talks along with many other perks. I would hope after 40 years, you're invited to the talks. 40 years to get that special front row seat. Mike, Mike, can, can you imagine, like, this year, you join a club, and then, like, when you're 70 fucking five <laughs> or six, you're just like, yeah, yeah, I'm the top. They're like, hey, the you top. can come to the morning meeting. <laughs> you get free coffee now. You know, you, you're eligible to actually have the fresh bear claws. <laughs> if you look at the lifetime over 40 years, if you're including the initiation fee, $5,000 a year. So that's $225,000 over 40 years that you're giving them to be a member. Mm. So I would hope at almost a quarter mil, that seems like a lot of money to us. Obviously, it's not to them. So it's probably just a drop in the bucket. So it doesn't really matter. But I would hope almost a quarter of a million dollars over 40 years that they would give you something. I wonder if you get a gold watch, like a gold Rolex. Oh, oh dude. My wrist. Former President Herbert Hoover was inducted into Old Guard on March 19th, 1953. That means that dude joined in 1913? Mm-hmm. That's Ooh. exactly 40 years. That's a long time to be a part of a club. I can't imagine that. I was in the Boy Scouts for like four months. Can't help but like wonder how old was Hoover 1913 when he joined. It seems as though if you're gonna join young enough to live to see this prestigious rank in the in the club, 
you almost have to be like born rich. Like who who comes across twenty five thousand dollars that they can drop on a club when they're like you know. Well, is 19, it was 20. it relative to the money at that time? Twenty five thousand dollars now is definitely different. As far as I know, it stayed twenty five thousand since they started charging people to be part of the club. Damn, he only got to be old guard for nine years. He croaked in 1964. Uh, That sucks for him, dude. Dude, he was born in 1874, man. Wow. But $25,000 at 1913, $25,000? It's like a fucking million. Yeah. (laughs) Other prominent members include Richard Nixon. I am not a crook. And our savior, John F. Kennedy. That's that dude. Also included are George P. Schultz. Gerald Ford, Clint Eastwood, and Henry Kissinger. Ronald Reagan, both of the Bushes, Colin Powell, and lastly, Dick Cheney. So let's let's get into the security that protects our elitist members of the Grove. The Grove is protected by a hefty security team year-round. The club employs ex-military personnel to help secure the premises. The security utilizes high-end security equipment, including thermal and night vision cameras, motion sensors, as well as vibration-sensing alarm systems. The level of security is heightened during the time periods that the members are on site. During these times, the local police, highway patrol, and depending on the guest list, the United States Secret Service help to secure the roads surrounding the grove. I would hope that the Secret Service is there with all those ex-presidents and most likely current presidents being members. I was just going to say that. I wonder if Trump is a, is a member of the Grove. I'm sure. I'm sure, dude. Like, if you got the money, you're in. He might not be. Not a lot of people like him. Mm. He might not have been. He, it says you need two members mm. to be invited. So you'd have to find two people that were, that say, this guy is a stand-up dude. Well, if there's musicians and artists, there's definitely quite a few people that support Trump in that category. So can you find a full list of 2,700? Probably not. No. And the lists that exist, they're not currently up to date, necessarily. 95% of that list, you probably wouldn't even know their names anyways. Nope. Nope. It's true. Nope. It's a lot of congress people and you know military generals i've never heard of the puppet masters the leaders of the nwo exactly despite the high level of security present there has been numerous high profile successful infiltrations of bohemian grove it's interesting we getting in boys in the summer of 1980 rick kloger gained access to the grove with the help of an employee imposed as a worker during two weeks of the annual encampment his efforts were published in the August 1981 issue of Mother Jones. The fuck is Mother Jones? I don't know, probably some <laughs> whack-ass magazine that people read in the 80s. In the summer of 1989, spy magazine writer Philip Weiss spent seven days in the Grove posing as a guest, which led to his November 1989 article Inside the Bohemian Grove. He was eventually discovered and arrested for trespassing. They sniffed him out. On July 15th, 2000, Alex Jones and his cameraman Mike Hansen covertly entered the grove and shot footage of the cremation of care ceremony. Jones claims it was a ritual sacrifice. 
<laughs> oh, Alex. Lastly, on January 19th, 2002, Richard McCaslin was arrested after his nighttime infiltration of Bohemian Grove, where he set several fires. He was heavily armed and wearing a skull mask. The words, quote, Phantom Patriot written across his chest. No club members were present at the Grove at the time. They lucked out, man. There's a lot of symbolism that goes into this club. One of the larger symbols includes the club's patron saint, John of Nepomuk, who, according to legend, suffered death at the hands of a bohemian monarch because he wouldn't disclose the confessional secrets of the queen. A large carving of St. John with his index finger over his lips stands at the shore of the lake in the grove, symbolizing the secrecy kept by the members throughout the decades. Since the founding of the club, the Bohemian Grove's mascot has been an owl, symbolizing wisdom. A 40-foot owl statue sculpted out of concrete stands at the head of the lake in the grove. The statue was constructed in the late 1920s. Since then, the Owl Shrine has served as the backdrop of the yearly cremation of care ceremony. We keep hearing about this ceremony, cremation of care. That just sounds... A little creepy. A little creepy, right? Yeah, yeah. It sounds It sounds all over the place. Like, oh, we're going to cremate, but then we're going to care. Like, the, the, nothing about that sounds caring. <laughs> the cremation of care is an annual ritual production written, produced, and performed by and for members of the club. The, quote, performance is presented on the first night of the annual encampment. Jeez. It's giving off some very cultish vibes right now. A little now. bit, right? The ceremony involves the pulling of a small boat across the lake containing an effigy of care, named, quote, Dole Cares. A dark hooded figure receives the effigy from the ferryman, and it is placed on an altar in front of the owl statue. At the end of the ceremony, the effigy is set ablaze. Okay, so I guess that's that's what you're lighting on fire. I thought you were going to light fucking people on fire. <laughs> Most of secret society and cult type of these rituals are supposed to be in lieu of maybe sacrifices, of actual sacrifices. Mm. That's usually what it boils down to, especially with current cults and current secret societies. They're not actually sacrificing humans. They're just playing the part. Or are they? Exactly. Like... Uh... Why not just go all in? You have all of this land. You have all of this security. Nobody's watching. Couple people now and then. You just gotta hope they don't catch you on that right night. I have a thought. What's that? These men gather. They're very powerful men. You got presidents, congress members, businessmen, whatever. Do you think that Jeffrey Epstein was ever a part of Bohemian Grove? Absolutely. That's funny you say that because Jeffrey Epstein had a sort of temple. I guess you could call it that. I looked into this a little bit because I, I came across it. It's a loose connection, mind you. Very, very, very loose connection, but a connection nonetheless. He had this temple. It was Little St. James or, or Palm, Palm Beach. I don't know. Wherever it was, this guy had a shrine. It was a shrine. And on top of the shrine, there is a large bird statue that heavily resembles an owl. Now, whether that's connected to the owl that they sacrifice this this effigy to are one and the same, I don't know, but it, it's a loose connection, like I said. I could see him being part of this, this, uh, this club. I feel like he'd be into this sort of shit. Also, 
if you look at some of the members and who they say are a part of it, it's very powerful, influential people. Was Bill Clinton a member? I never saw him on a list, but I'm sure he's prominent enough. But who knows? Those are the people that are known. But do you pay more to be completely invisible? I, I wonder about that also, where, where you're a member, but you're not a member on the books, mm-hmm. per se. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of that going on. The symbolism of the owl is outrageous also, because if you think about the symbolism of owl, they generally have to do with paranormal wisdom and intelligence and stuff like that. So there's plenty of cultures that believe that owls were spirits and they were made of magic. An owl is, it's a strong figure when it comes down to symbols of the occult. The ritual serves to symbolically cremate the worldly and, quote, dull cares of conscience to ensure the success of the club's midsummer gathering. It is argued that the cremation is conducted because club members will be involved in unethical business deals and corrupt political decisions in the coming year and want to rid themselves of any internal guilt. What the fuck? It's twisted, right? (laughs) Fucking twisted. Burn away your sins, man. That's how you'll get it done. That'll do it. The part that really gets me is they cremate the worldly and, quote, dull cares of conscience. Like, what the the fuck is that? Your conscience is what stops you from doing scummy bullshit. So you burn away your conscience and then you can go on and be a fucking scumbag of the world. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. And this is where all this takes place. This is how these people are getting that done. And they're blatantly telling you. Yep. Yeah. The owl idol used during the ceremony might represent Minerva, a Roman goddess of wisdom, or possibly the Babylonian demon Lilith, or most popularly theorized, a rendition of the Canaanite god Moloch. Moloch is the biblical name of a god associated with child sacrifice, mostly through fire or war. Though the ceremony performed at Bohemian Grove and those performed in difference to Moloch differ in ways, the similarities are uncanny. Both involve massive effigies of animal gods and a sacrifice by fire. What about kids? Well, Moloch, biblically, there was this massive shrine, a bronze shrine, and it was in the shape of a bull. And at this shrine, they would sacrifice children to God in these these huge ovens within the shrine. I believe there was seven of them. Jesus fucking Christ. What they have at the grove isn't direct biblical depiction of Moloch, but the similarities are pretty much there. Are you referencing the brazen bull? Yeah. The Greek torture device? Yes. There's a version of the brazen bull on display at... Well, it was the Museum of Torture in Balboa Park in San Diego. It's pretty badass. Kind of crazy, just this big bronze bowl, and they would put people inside and then set fires underneath it. And you'd hear them, and their screams would come through the snout of the bull. It would sound like a bull making a ton of noise. fuck? Yeah. Hushlings, we'll return after this short message. seems if you're passionate about something it freaks people out you're considered bizarre or eccentric to me it just means you know who you are tim burton hello welcome 
I'm Scarlet. And I, of course, am Echo. And we would like to welcome you to Strange, Weird, and Unforgettable, our very own podcast. Now, I know it's strange and odd to release a trailer for your podcast after you already have episodes out. But since when do we do anything the normal way? So follow along with us. Accept this invitation, if you would. As we discuss the things that fascinate us. The paranormal and the events they cause. The dark and sometimes hidden meanings in folklore. The creatures or cryptids that very well may be among us. The dark and morbid events that have happened in history. And other things that can fall into the strange and weird category. Or things that just spark our interest. After all, normal is forgettable. So join us for the strange and weird. That creates the unforgettable. To paraphrase Lydia Dietz from Beetlejuice, live people ignore the strange and unusual. We ourselves are strange and unusual. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Well, that brings us to human sacrifice. When you have all these world leaders like presidents and other people of power pretending to offer a human to a 40 foot tall owl shrine in the middle of the woods. It's hard to believe that it's only symbolic. It obviously comes from somewhere and it had its inception somewhere. Yeah. Where did they just come up with? Uh, Maybe we should just do this with sticks. Maybe we shouldn't use people. Was there a point in time that they actually came to this decision or have they been doing that from the get, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Well, if you're talking about human sacrifice and Frank is talking about the different representations of an owl, you're talking the demon Lilith or you're talking Minerva, which is a goddess of wisdom, but really focus on Moloch because Moloch was all about sacrifice and sacrifice by fire. And these guys go in there and they make a, quote, sacrifice to a large concrete owl statue by fire. If you're listening, uh, research what was going on in 1872 for this group to come about, because there's got to be a reason for it, or it's way older, like a lot of other secret societies, and then it became established In the very beginning, I believe there was only 12 members. That's reserved. Mm. It always boils down to 12. Like I said previously, they they were sending this guy off, threw him this big party in the fucking woods with lights and alcohol and God knows what else. And it just kind of spiraled out from there. I can't say exactly how it got to this or if they've been doing this from the beginning in secrecy, but it'd be interesting to see. Maybe you also have to look at the background of Henry Edwards, who was one of the founding members, who they threw this initial party for. So maybe he had something going on. They name a couple members that are not necessarily within the main profile list of people. The high profile list of presidents and people like Steve Jobs and... I wonder if Steve Jobs was in there. Hey, influential. Yeah, definitely Bill Gates. That motherfucker is definitely in there. They're close enough to San Francisco, man. You got Bill Gates, who's a tech giant. All of a sudden, he's some sort of uh, doctor handing out vaccines. He knows everything. He's a fucking scientist. I don't know how the fuck... It, like, it, like, do we let Steve Jobs come into our house and just give our kids fucking cough medicine? And Steve Jobs is dead. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. It brings us back to the early days where there's some disturbing photographs reportedly taken during the club's formation 
which point to the sacrifice of humans rather than just owl effigies. The photos show a depiction of lynching, children strapped down to a board, a man lying lifeless with a hooded figure kneeling beside him. This just got fucking morbid. The, these photographs that Dave's talking about, they're in circulation on the internet. Anybody can go see them. They come straight out of the Annals of the Bohemian Grove, which is a book published every 10 years or so and handed out to just the members and the members only. The purpose of this book kind of acts as a yearbook that you would get in school. It has pictures throughout the years and descriptions of certain events that were held at the Grove so that members can reminisce about their time there. And throughout the years, members have God knows how many of them and people aren't immortal. They die. Their shit gets sold after they die. You can actually buy a copy of this book on Amazon. They go for about $1,000. I haven't seen how many there are of them, but you can buy them, and it's freaky shit. Yeah, you can use the Amazon gift card that you won during the Area 51 episode on December 21st, and you can put that towards your uh, annals of the Bohemian Grove. Hell yeah, that's a great use. That segues us into our crowdfunding event. We are raising $1,000 to get a yearbook from the Bohemian Grove. So make sure all your checks are made out to the Hush Hush Society. Um, if you want to leave it very anonymous, you could just write cash <laughs> and I will take them to the nearest bank. <laughs> It's really weird that they would do something like that. It's like, oh, man, do you remember the crackle of that fire? <laughs> yeah, what a night. Right. What a night that was. Yeah, the flesh of that person burned wonderfully. It was just pop, 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 So pop, elegant like, compared to the rest so of that like, summer. Could you imagine if that's what the yearbook was? It's just really artistic photos of human sacrifices. Oh, I remember 1999. That was a great summer at summer camp. Just arts and crafts, and it's just you making child paintings out of blood oh my god bohemian grove's motto is weaving spiders come not here meaning talk of business is discouraged during the two-week retreat apparently according to dirk matheson a reporter from people who snuck into the camp in 1991 there are quote spiders galore pretty much people were talking a lot of business apparently i ain't trusting no dude named dirk According to a report published by New York-based media criticism organization Fairness and Accuracy in Reporting, detailing Matheson's time at the Grove, quote, He witnessed a speech by former Navy Secretary John Lehman, who stated that the Pentagon estimates that 200,000 Iraqis were killed by the U.S. and its allies during the Gulf War. Another speech featured Defense Secretary Dick Cheney on major defense problems on the 21st century, as well as former health Education and Welfare Secretary Joseph Califano on America's Health Revolution. And lastly, former Attorney General Elliot Richardson on defining the New World Order. Mm. All this goes to show the inner workings of what's being discussed out of the eyes of the media, Congress, and the rest of the population. Everything that they're doing in secrecy. You just heard one of the biggest conspiracy theory buzzwords ever. NWO, New World Order. This place is the origin of these very powerful men coming together. I'm sorry, if, if this dude saw a speech given about the New World Order in one of the most, we'll call it top secret, 
secret societies in the world. I don't know, man. If these guys are talking New World Order, there's got to be some sort of plan in effect. It's all about keeping it a secret. I'm not going to put my tinfoil hat on completely right now, so I'll wait for later episodes for that. About the New World Order? Yeah, it could get real fucking weird. New World Order, COVID-19. I'm going to make a whole goddamn tinfoil suit. Yeah, yeah. We might as well, we might as well just take like a space blanket and just turn it into a, a fucking three-piece. We're going to make a tinfoil tracksuit. <laughs> Sponsored by Adidas. Yeah, yeah, Adidas. <laughs> Gonna get an AK-47 and wrap it in tinfoil, and then get the Slav ski mask. Yeah, with the, with it reflects. It it reflects ninety-five percent sunlight. With the aluminum foil teeth, <laughs> <laughs> the grill. Yeah, yeah, fucking full grill. Full aluminum foil grill. <laughs> That's G shit right there. Tying into the Grove's motto, Weaving Spiders Come Not Here, we have the Manhattan Project. In September 1942, Ernest O. Lawrence, Robert Oppenheimer, and the rest of the S-1 committee, which became the Manhattan Project, met at Bohemian Grove to strategize about building an atomic bomb. That's completely new to me. Me too. That's fascinating. I mean, what a place to go. You'd think you'd go to the desert. That's less secure. Just another episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, what do you guys want to do? Blow the world up while throwing water balloons at each other. Lawrence, who worked on separating uranium isotopes, was essential to the project, was a member of the Bohemian Club, which was how the group gained access to the grounds in the first place. There is even a photo of the committee at the Grove. Yo, can you imagine just cracking a Miller High Life and being like, we gotta do this? I like how these very important, powerful people drink Miller High Life. <laughs> Mike, True. it's the champagne of beers. Yeah, yeah. The champagne. Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't have Miller High Life, we're leaving this black tie event. <laughs> I want my fees back. <laughs> Allegedly, there are trams that connect specific locations within the grove so that you don't have to walk 2,000 acres. Well, yeah, 2,700 acres. Jesus. These lazy motherfuckers. (laughs) lazy bitch. (laughs) We keep talking about how the Bohemian Grove is essentially one big sausage party. (laughs) Although no women have ever been given full membership in the Bohemian Club, the four female honorary members were hostess Margaret Brownman, poet Ina Coolberth, who served as a librarian, actress Elizabeth Bowers, and writer Sarah Lippincott. I know all of them. Do you? No, I don't. Oh. But you know, <laughs> you said sausage party and Seth Rogen's going to sue us. Why? It's, he it's does not happen. have the right to that word. <laughs> it is his movie. Is it? It's his movie. Yes. Oh shit, that a makes fuck so about much his sense. Movie. Listen, I've been throwing fucking sausage parties since <laughs> high school. I know. Seth Rogen never came to any of them. He knows nothing of sausage. <laughs> <laughs> since Coolberth's death in 1928, no other woman has been made a member. These honorary members and other female guests have been allowed into the Bohemian, quote, city club building and as daytime guests of the Grove, but not to the upper floors of the main encampment 
of the grove. So there's a building there that they're allowed to hang out. Sit in the main lobby. Hit the Keurig. Here's a cup of coffee. There's an interesting thought here. Previously, we had mentioned how everybody else who's not a member of the Bohemian Grove needs to leave the grounds by 10 p.m. So that includes their family also, right? Yes, I would imagine, yeah. So the family leaves by 10 p.m., then the guys all stay there and get naked under their robes and sacrifice <laughs> bundles of sticks. Mm-hmm. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Just, just We're on the same page. Yep. This goes pretty parallel with all other weird cultish societies, guys in robes. Yeah, at least they're letting their family kind of be involved. At least their family gets to come for the hot dogs and steak and potato salad. And (laughs) maybe they're drinking Miller High Life. Who knows? They're probably drinking something better. It's just one big dad barbecue. Maybe after 10 p.m. It's just that's when the child sacrifice happens. Yeah, they're just sipping adrenochrome around a campfire sucking stem cells out of fucking fetuses spines yeah what the fuck what is this sparta holy shit (laughs) this group leaves so much speculation We, we get to talk about a secret society in a couple months and I'm stoked for that. But all these secret societies that we talk about are male-oriented. I just want to take a second to speak to the Hushlings. If you guys know of any secret societies that have solely female members, I would like to know about that. I would love to do that. I will throw out our season two live show, Secret Society, if you can give us an all-female Let's do that. I'd say that's a fair-ass trade. Yes. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Give that girl power. Ladies. You know there's powerful-ass women out there. They gotta have some sort of girls club. And if not, go form one. Just when you thought things couldn't get any stranger at the Grove, stories have come out about homosexual orgies male and female prostitutes engaging in what can only be described as extreme sexual games, even young children being exploited in unspeakable ways. See, it always boils down to rich, powerful men that love to have power over children. That's what it boils down to. It's such an odd parallel, and it's true across a long history of powerful people, even if you look back on like ancient Greece, it was normal for rich men to just have boy lovers. I don't, I don't get it. Maybe just because like my mind doesn't work that way, but I don't understand that. I'm just trying to think of what sexual games they had. (laughs) (laughs) I I told you naked twister cornhole, but there's a twist. What's the twist? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) what's the twist? Help me out guys. The members also watch and participate in plays and comedy shows in which women are portrayed by male actors. Employees of the Grove have said that no verbal description can accurately portray the bizarre behavior of the Grove's inhabitants. What? You literally can't put it into fucking words to describe how off these people are. So after saying all that, I would say Jeffrey Epstein is probably a part of this. Yeah, probably. At least people like him. See, that's the thing. Like, the kids got involved. And the kids getting involved and you're describing the New World Order, there's a lot of conspiracy that comes with that. All these other groups that we shall not name, thinking that these types of fellows are shotgunning cans of adrenochrome (laughs) uh, around a campfire. (laughs) 
you know, they, maybe they're alternating with Miller High Life, but they're engaging in some weird shit around a giant owl statue. And there's definitely something going on up there, but the fact that the NWO is described, and then the fact you mentioned the Manhattan Project, there's a lot more going on there than just potato salad and rosé. Kind of makes you wonder when you're talking about the motto of the club where they're not going to talk business while they're there. Obviously, members aren't paying attention to that. If anything, it seems like it's the complete opposite, especially if they're bringing in high-profile, influential people as guests or as members of the Grove. I personally would think that probably 90% of their conversations are based in business or based in some sort of shady backroom dealing especially like you said when you're talking about the Manhattan Project or you're talking about these speeches that were given by members talking about the New World Order and all these other things that they're discussing if this is what we have found out through simple searches online or simple excerpts or pictures imagine just imagine what that sort of secrecy is is really hiding if those are the only people that you hear about and whatever these daily talks are and fireside chats or whatever they're doing, seances around man-made lake. Whatever's going on, not all 2,700 members might know, but there's got to be a hierarchy. Maybe there's 12 people that talk about that, like they said before, the original 12. So maybe there's only 12 people that have those types of dealings, like the Manhattan Project or some type of secrecy. I mean, who knows? They might just be talking about how good the Mandalorian was last week. It, it, it could be I, could I be wish that. it was that simple. I wish that was the case. It brings it back to our Epstein episodes where we're kind of like, oh man, they mentioned kids. Anytime that you are looking at groups of people or a specific person or people that are supposed to be quote unquote in charge and they're taking advantage of children, it gets to be a heavy subject. We talked about how the two-part Epstein episodes were very heavy on us and we, for the most part, did not enjoy recording them or researching them. To think that there are these group of men that are out there doing this, it'd be one thing if it was just an Elks Lodge type of thing or a Knights of Columbus where these guys get together and they drink and they, they have campfires and whatnot. But when you see that there's so much more behind it, that's when you get just bad juju off the whole thing. I'm sure there's some secrecy in the Knights of Columbus deep down, but from our experiences of being in those places for hardcore and metal shows. Not much secrecy other than a cafeteria in an open room. They don't have 2,700 acres of redwoods. <laughs> That's a good point. If nothing else, set aside all of the, the conspiracy and the rumors about the Bohemian Grove. What's fact is the security, the members that we've named, the ritual, the cremation of care, and the owl effigy. That in itself is enough to set it aside from a majority of the secret societies that we have and will get into. And those points in themselves just points to more than just campfire talks and Miller High Lifes at the picnic table with their <laughs> wives. It's definitely a more exclusive and reserved group than the others that we would get into, like the Freemasons. Yeah. That's a group that's, yes, it's still operating today, but I'm sure the membership is a way higher number and hopefully not as weird shit goes on there. Who knows? We, we mentioned that this could all tie into older stuff like the Templar Knights and everything else. If you haven't listened to any of our episodes beforehand, do it. All of them. <laughs> For sure. To finish this off, I'd like to quote Alex Jones, one of the most prominent infiltrators of the Bohemian Grove. He said, 
If my neighbor was worshipping a 40-foot stone owl and burned children on a fire, I wouldn't let that neighbor walk my dog or babysit my children. Instead, these people are babysitting the big red button. This is some sick stuff. Mm. Wisely spoken words. Yeah, he makes a point. He makes a point. If he's if he's not lying about being there, then yeah. And and these people are literally the ones that are babysitting a big red button. Manhattan projects, presidents. Absolutely. That is the big red button. Exactly. All right, Hushlings, that is going to do it for the Bohemian Grove. If we have missed anything, if you have any research, any, uh, maybe you own a yearbook of the Bohemian Grove, reach out to us. Let us know. Say, hey, this is uh, this is something that you missed. This is something that you should get into. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also reach out to us through email at hushhushsociety at planetmail.com. Make sure to check out our next episode of The Cryptid Chronicles coming in early February. That should be a good one. We will be looking into the Mothman, and again, we will have a guest from another podcast. Also, make sure to go to our YouTube and check out the Declassified Discussions, where Dave is interviewing people on their paranormal, UFO, and otherworldly experiences. That is a YouTube exclusive, so make sure you subscribe to see those new episodes. And one last thing, Hushlings, I just want to reach out to you And I would like to ask if you could do us a favor here at the Hush Hush Society and just go on to Apple Podcasts, go on to Spotify, go on to wherever you listen to our show and leave us a rating. It does so much good. It makes us become better as a show and it makes the show more enjoyable for you. So please take two minutes out of your day, leave us a rating, tell us whether we're doing good or bad, what we can improve on, if we're doing great, and if you are enjoying the show. Hushlings, do not forget to tune in next time, which will be debriefing 15 on January 18th. We will be covering the Men in Black. Not the Men in Black you're thinking of. No, no, not Will Smith. But if you're a conspiracy theorist, then the Men in Black you're thinking of. Yes, the Men in Black episode was a uh, it was a request from a fellow hushling. He wanted us to take a deep dive into the Men in Black. And don't forget, hushlings, on March 29th, we will have our live show where we will have some new conspiracy topics as well as a secret society. As it stands, it's Freemasons, but if you want to be the one, ladies or guys, to send us a all-female secret society, we will push the Freemasons to season three. Until next time, Hushlings, it's been one hell of a weekend at the encampment, and we'll see you again on the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Slick Frank Sanders. Save up that 25 grand, join Bohemian Grove. And sign my yearbook. Hell yeah, send us a yearbook. Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.